Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you again from our floating home. Well, that's where we live. And right now we're in uh, Northern Maryland on the Chesapeake Bay. And I have an interview with Golcon, who is a, she's a money mindset expert. But we were just having a little chat in the green room, and there's so much more to that. I want to tell you right up front, there might be a half a second delay because um, – Goal is actually in London right now. Of course, me being on a boat and not being tied to appropriate Wi-Fi. So we might just slight delay in our conversation, but it's going to be valuable. Um, Golkan is an author, international speaker, a podcaster. She's an attorney, a solicitor, an intuitive life coach, an EFT expert, an energy healer, a money mindset expert, and a mother. <laughs> that's, quite, that's a lot right there. Um, she's a former banking and finance lawyer who left the corporate job to pursue her passion and become a money mindset expert and healer. She helps entrepreneurs break free from their limiting beliefs about money so they can live a life of unlimited abundance. Goal success model with dyslexia and then completed her law degree at Queen Mary University of London. She then went on to become a, a barrister with Middle Temple uh, Attorney, New York Bar, and fully qualified solicitor with the Law Society of England and Wales in the UK. As a lawyer, she has worked for some of the top international law firms. And she is very, very accomplished as again. She's also a mother. Um, she has two children, two cats, lives in London. Go, welcome to the program. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Jim. I'm so excited to be speaking to you and your audience. Yeah, you have quite the impressive resume. I mean, did, the, did you put off having the kids? Because you, you got a lot of schooling <laughs> and training and job experience. That must be pretty tough. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't actually. I had to. I had. Um, I, I sailed through, and I got married about twenty-seven or something, and I had my first child at twenty-nine. So I'm not that old <laughs> at the moment, and I have a a thirteen-year-old and a nine-year-old. Oh my goodness! Wow. So, so you started earlier, kind of like um, my wife Stephanie and I did, but you've got a lot going on. So, when you went to law school and 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 you got the degrees and you know, you, as you said, I think you work for some patients and things like that. What was drawing you to the world of entrepreneurship? What made you want to go out on your own? Great question, Jim. So it, my, my journey, I, I, even though I call myself money mindset, expert, as you mentioned earlier, I'm primarily an energy healer. That's where I focus on. And the way I help my clients is through actually changing the energy. And we find as as I change the energy, the mindset follows. But this wasn't a conscious thought. I didn't actually set out my journey to become an energy healer or to be in this coaching space. It was far from my thought. I grew up with the normal, you know, normal ideology of the Asian family, you know, grow up, get education, go into the normal, you know, normal um, jobs and, you know, 
coming from an Asian background, doctor, lawyer is the norm. So I, I and I'm, I've always been very articulate. So law was obviously the natural profession for me. So when I was studying for my, my law degree, it's actually there that, that triggered that actually there, there's a, something happened which put me on the path of personal development. So in the end of my first year of law degree, I was assessed to be not just dyslexic, but severely dyslexic. Up and up until that point, nobody picked that up. I wasn't aware of it. And I honestly didn't let it stop me from getting the grades. I was a straight A student, one of the top of my class from college, from school, not from the school, not school so much, but from college onwards, I was. And that explained why the older I got, the better grades I got. And this is why when I worked out afterwards, when we look back in hindsight, it was dyslexia was holding me back. Because remember, I don't know whether you know this or not, Barry, but until the first year of my high school, which is 11, 12 here in the UK, I couldn't read a full sentence. But for someone like that, oh, wow. actually, yeah, I couldn't read a full sentence till the age of about 12. So in high schools, when I actually began to read, I struggled with reading all throughout my you know, early, early years. I had no idea that was dyslexia at the time. Later on, I found out. So when I was assessed to be dyslexic, not just dyslexic, severely dyslexic, and keep in mind, I'm at that time at the University of London, one of the top universities of the world, studying law. We have tons and tons of case law to study, let alone um, chapters from books and stuff. And I was, I took, you know, I was still at the top of my class um, in terms of, you know, the, the, the kind of feedback and the kind of contribution I was making to class, but I wasn't getting sort of grades on paper. And this is where the discrepancy was. My, my teacher actually forced me to send, send me off. That's when I realized, even though I was a first year law student at the end of first year, I had below average reading even then. Can you believe it, Jim? I had below. Yeah, in law job. school. In law school. So, um, you know, the average, read, imagine a law student having below average reading skills even then. And I remember the assessor looking at my grades, my previous grades, because we in UK, we did three A-levels. I did five. I did chemistry, biology, maths, and I was, a, I was a scientific mind. So I did all in the sciences and I got straight A's and he looked at my grades and he looked at my, my, the fact that I am obviously in the, in the, as a first year law student and he looked at my, my abilities and he was, obviously there were, you know, I had certain experts which was, you know, way above average and high, my IQ was, average IQ was really, really high and so forth because I was an intelligent person, but he was astonished to see what I'd achieved with my, with my issues with dyslexia. I was severely dyslexic. And he just sat there and just, how did you achieve your grades? And I just looked at him and said, with hard, you know, with sheer hard work. But that point triggered me and led me on the path of personal development. So then I went on to thinking, well, why was it that I was able to achieve the success? What pushed me? Because I didn't have a, peer, a pushy period. My mother was working in factories. I live and I come from a, a council estate, which is equivalent to, you know, downtown areas, maybe in, in America, you know, it, like ghetto area, that sort of area. I wasn't, I'm not from well yes. And so, and my mom, we used to work in factories and whatever. I did have the drive because of, you know, because of, um, uh, that's another story for another time. But I, I, I wanted to know why I succeeded with all those disadvantages, let on people around me didn't. So that was why it led me, led me on to the, you know, studying more about psychology of success. I picked up, I first picked up, initially I picked up a book by Tony Buzan called, you know, Speed Reading and Mind Mapping to help enhance my reading ability. But that was, it was very close to, the books by, you know, Tony Robbins. Hence, I was introduced to Tony Robbins as Awaken the Giant Within. It was the same sort of sector, self-help, right? That's where I found Tony Robbins on the self-help section, the right. shelf. There, I went from him, I went to Jim Rowan, you know, Zig Ziglar, you name it. I read, I just became the sponge. And as I was continuing my legal studies and, prefer, uh, and uh, developing my legal career, I never thought for a second that I would go into personal development. It wasn't, it was just far from my thought. 
I was going to go become a lawyer and I was going to make lots of money. That was it. Right. And I did. <laughs> I became a banking finance lawyer and I had, I had set myself a target that I would become a millionaire before I'm 30. I, and this remember, I don't have any financial support for my parents. My mom passed away when I was 21. So during my law degree, I didn't let that stop me. I did actually become a, a, a really slight at one point, but I did overcome that at two and I, I came through and I hit my target. I became a millionaire at 27. So, Good for you. So I, I pushed forward and I, I carried on and I had various things that I did. And it just one thing led to another. I did carry on my, you know, my knowledge about personal development. Then I went and down, you don't even go down the rabbit hole. You just carry on going down further and further. So then I went further and, and explored quantum physics, energy, energy healing, intuitive life coaching. I was introduced to all these different modalities, different concepts, and I was learning them just for myself, just so I can be a better lawyer, be a better person, be a, you know, be a millionaire. It was all my, my thoughts were, I wanted to become a multimillionaire, similar to my father, because my father had made, been a self-made millionaire. And I wanted to sort of prove that I, I was his daughter and I could do just as well as he had, et cetera, et cetera. Let alone not knowing that I was being taken down a different path. Now, when I became, uh, when I had my, my second, my, my daughter, um, they were, I, I actually separated from my first husband at the time. And I, that's when I actually left my corporate job. So I left my job so that I didn't have to pay him maintenance, et cetera, whatever. But it was, it was a complete mess. But when I, was, when I entered into my second marriage and the, the, one of the thing conditions, not conditions, but it's a discussion we had my, with my second husband. He didn't want me to go out and work. He wanted me to stay home and be around the children. And I took the decision to actually comply with that for the first few years, early part of the children's lives. When I was home for the first time in my life, all I could do, apart from being, you know, obviously being one, but I concentrated on developing these other skills that I had. And this is what eventually led me down to the path where I became a healer. I didn't know I was a healer until I trained up to be intuitive. And I, I even practice, you believe I even practice as a, as a telephone psychic, <laughs> I, just to practice my skills. Um, but I, I'm very good at it. And I found I had natural gifts, which you are, you're a natural born healer. And this is where the healer side of me came out. And I realized this is where my passion is. And this is where I'm probably better, much better as a healer than I was a lo- as a lawyer. And I was a damn good lawyer. So you can imagine, I, I, I chose that this is, this is for me. This is the path I want to go down. And this is why I became a healer. And I then focused on money because all my life, I've had this relationship with money this love-hate relationship not knowing me it was unknown to me and when I changed that relationship with money the things in my life started sorting themselves out and I thought if I can help people change their relationship with money I will help solve their lives and I have been doing that and it's proven to be very true it really is a big um, impediment I think for a lot of entrepreneurs Um, they have such a Myself included a long time ago, you have kind of a warped relationship with money. And I, <clears throat> there was an expression I heard one time, Gull, it was called top of the stairs thinking. When, when you're a kid and you're sitting at the top of the stairs, you can hear your parents talking about how broke you are. There's no money yeah. for this, no vacation. <laughs> you know, so you, you, you sometimes grow up thinking, wow, money's very limited. We're lucky to have what we have type thinking. Yeah. And when you're an entrepreneur, you need to, change that because there is truly a lot of possibility to earn significant income. So when you made that leap, did you make that leap first or because you say now that you're, you, you, you're an energy healer and that leads to a, a mindset transformation money, like one of those came first. Well, 
initially when I was, I had, I mean, I was introduced to law of attraction way before the movie, The Seeker came out. And I had been unknowingly using the manifesting techniques anyway, you know, which I've learned through, through Thomas Truitt, one of the old people, one of the old mentors rather I would call him, and, and learning from thought, thought leaders like Benjamin Franklin. But it was actually um, when I went to do my intuitive life training that I realized how powerful when you change your energy, how powerful it is. So when you change your energy, how your mindset follows. And then when I was training, I remember I, w- I did a lot of pro bono work, a lot of work with people, not for money. It was just to train myself. So I know how to use my intuition better, how to use this energy tools better. So I did a lot of pro bono work and just free work around the uh, 20, 2015, 2016. And that is when I realized I was able to shift energy so powerfully. Now, remember, when you know something, you can do it. You think everyone can do it, right? I didn't realize that the, the, the things I was able to do were actual, my, actually my gifts. I thought everybody can do this. So when I focused primarily, everybody was talking about you know, relationships and um, ailments and, and aches and pains and bodies. My mind went to money. I mean, how can I help you with your money? And I found that I was able to shift people's energies. And when we did... They stopped thinking like that about money. When they changed their energy around money, their mindset just followed. And that's why I, you know, I, when, when it came to, when it came to when I actually, the reason why I actually started money, earning money before I, my husband was taking care of us very well. We had, you know, my kids were in private school. We had a good lifestyle. I, there was no need for me to earn money. So I wasn't really focused on making money. When I had to make a choice, when I had to choose to either go back to law or to do something else to make money because I was now on my own. I, was, I went through this divorce second time around. That is when I actually made the conscious choice to actually know I'm going to become an, um, I'm going to focus on helping people with the money. I'm going to go into this coaching business. And I did not want to do the normal, you know, do this and do that, like the NLP version of, of you know, writing goals and stuff. I wanted to get something, you know, which gives them quantum results. And the only way to do that is through changing their energy. So that's what I started doing. But I experimented on myself. I had to go through that first. Everything I teach today, I've been through that. I went from somebody yes. was earning, I think, um, almost uh, multiple six figures in other amounts anyway, because in English pounds, it was, it was about 80,000 80, or something. But it was close to multiple, to, uh, multiple six figures in dollar amounts in my mid-20s to a point when I was going through my second divorce even though I had the property because of the legal uh, legalities around it, I couldn't a- access anything, any of the properties. I was at one point a single mother with two kids on welfare. And how does that happen to someone who's earning multiple figures, figures who's earning, used to earning lots of money, who's very capable. And also I went through severe abuse from both marriages, physical abuse from the first one, verbal and mental, emotional abuse from the second one. How does a, a a self-made millionaire, somebody who's very articulate, a very strong-minded barrister in the UK, allow herself to put me in to be put through that. That was where I had in the light bulbs went up. That this is a need. This is my subconscious programming that I'm allowing myself. And now this has got a lot, a lot stronger role to play in terms of, you know, my energy. What am I attracting into myself? What am I attracting into my 3D world that I have to focus on? And I began to focus less on. Right more on your energy and when i did and when i changed people's energy their thinking changed automatically i didn't have to focus i didn't have to make them like money i didn't i didn't i didn't have to make them um you know like um you know earning money i didn't have to make them believe that they could make money they automatically did does that make sense jim it does you know what's interesting because i'm a i'm a marketer and 
And there's a thing, you know, where you think about what people want, and then sometimes as an expert, you know what they um some people do eventually come around. I, I don't know if this challenge in your business or not, or but I know some people will come around and admit, well, maybe I've got to fix my mindset. But does, do people realize that, because you say you start out changing their energy, right? Does, do yeah. they, is that a hard sell or do they kind of just go with the recommendation? Well, I, the, do you know what I mean? I do, I do understand what you're talking about. So the thing is, the way it's what you, the kind of people you attract to yourself, Jim. And I, as a marketer, you know this. I only speak to people who are already who already have the talents and abilities to make the dream, uh, dream business, who are already there. They're struggling with actually getting it off the ground. They are struggling to make it profitable. This, they're, they're, the people who are high achievers, they know they have the skills and talents, but something's blocking them. They can't work out what it is. That's when I come in. And that's the kind of people I actually work with. So I am very selective in, the, in the, the kind of people I work with. I like to work with entrepreneurs because I know they'll do the work. And secondly, I also, I don't want to teach someone about law of attraction, even though actually one of my clients has come to work with me, he's never done law of attraction work before. But when he went through one of my challenges in the, well, the five-day challenge I have, he loved the energy tools. He loved the, what I spoke about. So he came and signed up to my high-end mastermind. But generally, I attract people who already know that they have the skills, they have business set, everything else. They know something's blocking them and they can't work it out for themselves. And that's when they come to me for help. So I normally do these full money blocks analysis call with them. And I go through systematically, okay, what do you want? Where are you? Where do you want to get to? And then I work backwards to see where they're blocked. During that call, I actually highlight for them. I make a blueprint for them. Okay, you're blocked here. This is what's blocking you. Can you see the correlation? And I I literally join the dots for them and I have aha moments, the light bulbs going up left, right, and center. That is why they know that I'm the, I'm the, I'm the mentor for them and they're able to come and work with me. Remember by then they've also experienced my energy tools. So I talk, I'm very open and transparent when I do these challenges. Yes, there's a, there's offer at the end, but the, the tools I give in my challenges are so, so powerful that they already experience the energy shift before they've come onto the call with me. And that way they know that this energy stuff really works. And then when they speak to me, they, work, they will realize what blocks they have. We're able to actually, you know, they're able to have that the, the faith in me and themselves that using these energy tools will help them shift their energy. And they'll, they'll buy them, they're sold on the idea that they have to change the energy first. The mindset will come later. Right. What would you say to entrepreneurs who might be listening now that have a bad relationship with money? How, or, you know, how do you stop the negative thoughts? Because it's not just what might be uh, how they were raised, but, you know, with what we're going through, what the whole world's been going through, you know, there's probably some negative thoughts today. Great question. Great question, Jim. So the, the one thing that I'm, oh, I'm sort of pushing and, and everywhere I can, talking about everywhere I can, every opportunity I can is, First of all, recognize the fact that you have a relationship with money. Okay, if you deny that, if you're not, if you're ignoring that concept, if you're ignoring that point, then you're denying yourself the ability to make and create and have money. So first of all, recognize you have a relationship with money, even now. Doesn't matter if it's toxic or not, but whatever you accept a relationship. Secondly, accept the fact that you need to work on it. You need to change it if it's not profitable. And the way you know it's not profitable, look at black and white in your bank account. If you have a healthy relationship with money, you will see a healthy amount of money in your bank account. If you have a, um, an, a, you know, a neutral relationship with money, you probably have little bit or, or hardly any money in your bank account. If you have a toxic relationship with money, you will be in the, in the red. You probably owe lots of debt and you have lots of money going out and lots of stress around money. Does that make sense? So it's very clear. Yes. 
where your relationship, where you, where you currently stand with money. Then once you understand where you are, next point is to see, okay, what do I want to do? My recommendation to every single person listening is change your relationship with money to one of friendship, not have a lover. I know some people who teach about being lovers. No, not at all. <laughs> Treat your money as your best friend. The best friend, the kind of friend who's always got your back, the friend who's always there before you know me, you need it. For example, I was talking to my best friend this morning and she knows because I've been working nonstop so forth, it was, it's, it's coming up to two o'clock and she goes, okay, before your next call, go and have food. I'm like, how do you know I've not eaten? She goes, I know you. Go, go, go have some food first and then you know, get on the call and let's get back on call because we're doing something. And I didn't tell her once that I, I haven't eaten or nothing. We've been talking, we're working on a project. And she told me, go and have food. She literally instructed me, go and have food. So that's the kind of best friend you want, who knows you more than you, who's got your back, who's got this to support you, and who will tell you, do this, have this, this is good for you, and who's very going to be honest with you. Okay? That's the kind of friendship you want. And that's the kind of friendship you want with money. Now, unfortunately, most people have the need or greed for money. They are the needy, 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 I need, I need, I need, or the greedy, I want, I want, I want. Okay? Both of those energies do not work. Okay? If, if you, for example, had somebody... If you had someone uh, like a best friend, like Elizabeth's best friend. Now, this best friend of mine that I just talked about, I can mention her name, Kusha. If I was, if I was like, oh, no, Kusha, you can't leave me, you can't leave me. If I lock in a room somewhere, how likely is she going to you know, remain with me and be my best friend? Not much, right? I can't keep her hostage for the rest of her life. That's not possible. Yes. There's, there's an ebb and flow to money, and that's what you need to recognize. You can't hold on to, you can't hold on to money. You need to allow it to go. And come back allow it to go freely and now it's free to come back now when i meet my friend kusha i'm like oh i miss you so much and we have a good time together when it's time for her to leave she goes and i know i'm gonna see her again i know she's gonna be there before even i know you know i know that i need her and she's always got my back that is a kind of relationship that you need to develop with money and the best way to do that is to create your money avatar. Now, I don't know if you have enough time to talk about the money avatar. If you do, I can quickly talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to have to have you back because we're, we're just about out of time here, but it's so fascinating. I mean, I, I, I love the whole concept of, of mindset. I mean, I think somebody could have tremendous skills. They could have immense drive, ambition, passion, all of that. But if their mindset is like out of sync with, you know, what's possible, I, I think they're always going to be uh, – playing a very limited game so i'm going to have you back sometime gold i would love to come back and actually let, next time i can talk in depth about how to create and have a money avatar well well i'm sure people want to uh, connect with you and and um I, I was able to check out your blog so why don't you give some uh information on how they can uh connect with you before i get you back Thank you so much, James. So if somebody wants to listen more to the kind of things I talk about and my views on how to change your energy before you can change your mindset around money, then please check out my podcast, which is Money Mindset with Gold Khan. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the normal places. And the, the website for that is also moneymindsetwithgoldkhan.com. And the other one is my, my blog, which is my name, Gulkhan. So www.gulkhan, G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N, Gulkhan.com. And obviously, if you come there, there's a link to the podcast as well. So, yeah, come and check me out and um, let me know how I can support you and help you. That's awesome. Thanks for being a wonderful guest today, Gon. I, I, Gul, I really <laughs> I messed up your two. <laughs> I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. I look forward to coming back and speaking to your audience again. Hey, friends, that wraps up this special interview with Gol Khan. She really uh, understands the, uh, the mindset piece of this. And when you combine that with, a, with the mindset 
about money. Um, I think that's where a lot of big breakthroughs will happen. So go connect with her. Connect with me at getjimpalmer.com or dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free dream business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.